Good morning, guys. Welcome to Connect Church. I'm excited to spend some time with you all this morning. Thank you, Tuan. Hey, thank you, Chris. All right, so thank you. All right, everybody. All right, so um, welcome to Connect Church. We are really excited to be with everybody today. I'm excited to be with my church family because I love being with my church family. Um, I feel like I've seen you guys every day because I basically have, um, which is awesome. Um, But for our guests, we are really excited that you're here too because um, it's especially exciting for us to think about the things that we've been given, and what we've been taught is that what we've been given is not for us. What we've been given is for us to share. And so there's nothing more exciting than for people to come in and for us to get to welcome you as family and say, man, I'm glad you're here because we can't wait to spend time with you and share with you and show you the love that we've been shown. That's the most exciting thing for us. Um, so thank you for giving, getting, giving us a chance to do that. Um, we're going to wrap up. We just finished an awesome series called The Miracle of Mercy. Um, before we started that, we were running through something called More Than Words, and it was based on um, this song from way back, way, way, way back in the 90s. A lot of you weren't even born yet, um, but it was, it was called More Than Words, and the idea of it was this guy writing to his, his girl and saying, I don't want you to have to tell me that you love me, like do all this other stuff and then have to keep telling me you love me. I would rather you just show me that you love me, and then I'll know it's true, and I don't have to, you don't have to keep telling me. And we, what we saw is that in our relationship with God, a lot of times we use these words, and it's almost like we have to keep telling them because our life doesn't reflect it. And, and what God would want is, hey, let's, why don't we live lives that show that we love Him, that show that we have faith in Him, and show that we can hope in Him. And so um, we talked about um, faith, hope, and love, and, and we started with faith, and and about how real saving faith is more than just the fact that I believe in God, but that I actually follow Him and I live like I believe that God is who He says He is. That, it, that my faith actually extends into the choices that I make, who I choose to spend my time with, how I choose to treat people, you know, right, where I live and what I do, that my faith informs all of that. And it's not just thing that says, well, yeah, I believe in God and then I just live however I want, right? Real saving faith affects our lives. And then we transitioned to love, and we talked about how there's a thousand different ways that people talk about love. But in the Bible, love is a verb. Love is something that you do. It's not this, this thing that you just say, I, I fall into and out of, and it happens to me. Love is a choice that we make in the way that we treat other people. And then finally, we're going to wrap up today with hope. And, and hope is one of the most understood of all three. Um, in 1 Corinthians 13.33, it's where we're getting this from, it says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And hope is, is often misunderstood. It's often misdefined. It's the word, the word of God always has something, um, was always something that was meant to be put to work and applied, but when you look at how we use hope a lot of the times, it's not used that way. We use hope and wish entertain, interchangeably in our culture, right? We say, um, you know, Hope, because hope is not about, let me, a couple things hope is not about. Hope is not about wishing. Hope is not just like throwing something out there and seeing if it sticks, right? Wishing is for um, when it's for things that, oh, here, I'll give you the definition of it. To wish is to feel or express a strong desire or hope for something that cannot or probably will not happen, right? You, this is why you blow out, you make a wish when you blow out your birthday candle, right? You don't wish that like you'd go into the kitchen and make a sandwich later, right? You wish for something that you don't think will happen unless a birthday cake grants it to you, right? Like it's, it's just this thing you're throwing out there. It probably won't happen, but it'd be really cool if it did. Maybe I'll win the lottery. Maybe I'll get a new car. The power of the candle will make it happen, right? So we just, we throw it out there, right? And it's, it's not what, it's not, that's not the kind of hope that, that God is talking about. If you read about hope in the Bible, 
and then you think about it, if every time you read the word hope in the Bible and you think about it as a wish, as something you're just going to throw out there and hope that it happens and just see what happens from there, then you're going to be disappointed. It's going to affect the way that you look at the world. It's going to affect your relationship with God. And, and the things that he says aren't going to make sense. They're not going to work the right way in your life. And you're going to be like, what's up with this? I was told I would have hope, and this isn't what he said it would be. Right? So it's not about just wishing. Hope is also not about my desires, right? Again, that's how we use hope a lot. A lot of times when we say, I hope, what follows that is what I want. I hope it doesn't rain, right? I hope my team wins, right? And we, you could just as usually, easily use the word wish. I wish I was taller, right? I wish I was a baller, right? I wish I was, <laughs> I won't go into all of it. But like there, every time we use the word hope, it's so often it revolves around what we want. I want this for myself. I hope this happens. I want this. And that's not what it's about. Hope may involve things that you want, but it doesn't revolve around that. And again, when, when our hopes are primarily based around what we want, and God is all about other things, then we're going to be disappointed in the results. It's not going to look the way that he said. And so we've got to clear up our definition of hope. And when you look at what hope is in the Bible, so you have the Old Testament that was written in Hebrew, and you have the New Testament that was written in Greek. And, and what you see in the original language is that they were very careful, the writers were very careful about the words that they used to express that. And so in the Old Testament, the Old Testament word for hope in Hebrew, and I, if there are any Hebrew speakers in here, I apologize in advance, right? Is the southern pronunciation is tikva, right? Like, I don't know. That's how the, the, the Jews in the south said it. All right, so um, they're like, come on, tikva, y'all. And so what it meant was, and the root of it comes from, it's something that you expect. It's not something that you kind of hope will happen. When you say hope in the Old Testament, when the Bible talks about hope, it means I expect this to happen. I am going to act from this point on as if that were going to happen. And that's very different than, than wishing in, in a broad sense, right? When I blow out a candle and I make a wish, I don't go and get insurance on the car that's surely coming, right? Like, I'm just kind of, we'll see if it happens, it happens. But that's not how the Bible treats them. The Bible, in the Old Testament, when they say, I hope that something's happening, you start expecting it to happen. If you say, you know, God has given me hope that we're going to go to a new place that's going to be plentiful and have everything we need, you start packing your stuff, right? It's not this vague thing that you just kind of see how it works out. You start making preparations. You start doing things because you expect that to happen. And the New Testament word for hope is, is very similar. Um, it's elpis. It's, it means expectation. It means trust. It means confidence. It's the confident expectation that you're, of something you're longing for and trusting that it's going to happen. And so here's our, our working definition for hope. Confidently looking expectantly toward the future based on our faith in God in the present and his faithfulness in the past. All right, so it's, it's looking at what God has promised and saying, based on what he's doing right now in my life and based on what he's done for thousands of years before me, I am going to go forward into the future expecting and welcoming whatever he's got for me. It's getting excited about what he promised, not wishing that it would happen and seeing what plays out, but saying, because he has been faithful always in the past and because he is faithful now, I'm going to act like this is happening. I'm going to thank him in advance that this is what's going to happen. So here's what this meant for me. When I, I grew up thinking about hope like a wish, and I got pretty disillusioned, right? I did wish I was a baller, and that did not work out, right? That's clearly not in, my, not in the cards. 
Um, you know, I hoped I would go to the college of my dreams, but I flunked out, right? I, I hoped that I would, I would marry the girl I was dating, but we broke up, which worked out way better in the end. But I didn't know that at the time, right? Like, was, everything I wanted was about me. It was about what I wanted. And when it didn't happen, I got really disillusioned and I got crushed. And then God got a hold of me and he taught me to look at the world a different way. He taught me to look at the world as if it wasn't all about me because it's not. He taught me to focus on other people, to dream for others, to love others. And he's given me the chance to get involved in people's lives and dream for them and see them come in without a lot of hope and without a lot of dreams because of the brokenness they've been through, sometimes because they made broken decisions and sometimes other people made broken decisions and hurt them. And, they, and because of that, someone robbed their hope. They robbed their, their ability to expect good things to happen. And a lot of times they came in with the opposite of that, where, they, where things got good, they started self-sabotaging because good things don't happen to me. And for, for, to get the chance to walk into people's lives who are in that place and speak hope over them and, and show them and, and watch them transform and watch their hurts, their broken hearts be mended and watch people who never thought they would have community or family build something that they could welcome others into and bless others with has been awesome and has completely transformed the way I think about hope, right? God's faithfulness has changed the way that I think about hope. We don't have to wish for the things that God promises. You can live expecting that they're coming. Amen? That's powerful. It changes the way we live. So what does that mean for you? It means that I can find hope for this life and the next life. There is hope available for you in this life and in the next life. And he speaks to both. I don't have to wonder whether, and here, this is a big deal. I don't have to wonder if at the end of my life, I'll think it's all worth it. I don't have to wonder that. Isn't, that. isn't that something we worry about? Isn't that something you think about? Like, man, what's the point of all this? At the end of this, am I going to look back on this life and wonder what was the point? And God promises that if you follow him, you will not have to wonder that. That you can live expecting that at the end of my life, I will say, praise God, that was all worth it. Praise God, there were mighty things done because of what he did in my life. I can live expecting that. And you're going to live different if you expect that to happen. That he's going to fulfill us in life now and that he's going to set us up for eternity. One of the most quoted verses in the Bible is Jeremiah 29, 11. And it says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you future and a hope. And no matter what you've been through, we've got to remember when, when God wrote that, he didn't write that when things were going well. He wrote that verse when, when Israel was at its darkest point, where there was no reason based on the things going on around them to hope. They had made horrible mistakes. They had bad things had been done to them by other people. They were out of their homes, right? Israel as a nation was homeless when this was written. And he writes to this homeless people and he says, I have plans for you that are good and worth waiting for. And I'm going to give you a future and a hope. And because of that, they started doing things differently. They started acting different because they trusted. They didn't just say, man, I, I wish that was true. Right, And they just keep on living. They, they had hope in that, and so they started doing things differently. In 1 Corinthians 15, 19, it says, If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Right? The, so many of the things that, that we chase after in this life, or everything we chase after in this life that's, that's of this world will pass away. There is nothing you can earn. There is nothing you can buy. There is no relationship that you can have in a worldly standpoint that will not end at some point. Everyone's going to die. Everything's going to go away. All right? And I don't mean that to say, like, the end is near. I'm just saying it might be. And, and we need to invest in the things that are going to last forever. And the only thing that's going to last forever is, is what's for eternity. And that's, 
the real relationship with God and how close we can draw others to him. In Proverbs 23, 13, it says, Surely there is a future, and your hope will not be cut off. In 1 Peter 1, 3, it says, Praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is so good, and by raising Jesus from death, he has given us new life and a hope that lives on. <clears throat> God has stored something up for you in heaven where it will never decay or be ruined or disappear. All right, there are so many things in this life that you just blink and it's gone. Right, and, and there are people who've many people who've had their whole life savings, so the thing they built up their whole life for, just get wiped out by a bad day at the stock market, right? Or, or by somebody's, you know, taking advantage in business. There have been people who've invested a lot in, in a career and it just gets wiped out because the company goes bankrupt. There's so many things that we can pour ourselves into. You can pour yourself into building up your body, right, and, and making your body this finely tuned machine, and you are one turned ankle away from that being completely useless. Right? There's so many things we can invest in and get excited about and push toward that are so temporary. And God says, I've given you hope in, in, in so much more than that. In the things that for a time when all the difficult times go away in heaven, all the injuries, all the sadness, all the waste, all of it goes away when we get to heaven. That's what I want to invest in. That's what I'm, I want someone who can promise me that because no one can take that away from me. And when you really believe that, when you believe that you have a home in heaven that no one can take away, you live differently. But we've got to remember that. That is so hard to remember when we're on this earth because you can't see it. And so one of the things we do to remind ourselves all the time is every week we take communion and we remember what Jesus did to buy that for us, the sacrifice that Jesus did to make that possible for us, that home in heaven. And so we, we remember the time that he passed around bread and wine to his followers and he, he passed around bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body that was broken for you. And they don't even understand it at the time because it hadn't happened yet. But they acted as if they did. They followed him as if they really understood it because they had hope and they had faith. And then he passed around a cup and he said, drink this, this is my blood that was shed for you. I would give anything for you to be with me and my father. And so that's what we're gonna remember today. We're gonna take communion in the back that's been prepared for us and then we'll come back together and wrap up. Um, father God, thank you for giving us a hope that's beyond wishes. Father, giving us a hope that, that we can rely on, that we can act on. Um, Father, thank you for guiding our steps, for giving us guidance in, in what our life is supposed to look like, um, for giving us something that, a hope that's so amazing and so powerful that it's, it goes beyond us and, and gets to rain down on others. Um, and bless others the way that, that you blessed us. As we take communion, help us to remember the sacrifice that was paid and not take that lightly. Help us to be committed because of that um, to sharing it with others and not keeping it to ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. So hope means that I can, find, I can find hope for this life and the next, right? And that is when people are living on wishes, real hope, hope that they can expect, hope that they can trust is something that can keep you going where you would have quit. That's a big deal to share. And also hope means that I can have a life of joy and peace, that even in the midst of everything going on around me, I can have joy and peace when I have hope. That, that my circumstances don't determine how okay I am. And that is a powerful place to be and a rare place to be. Right? For, most of, for most people, you wake up and you don't know what your heart is going to look like by the end of it. You're just going to go through what you're going to go through. And the things that happen to you through the day are, is what's going to determine the person that returns home. Right? And it does not have to be that way. Hope is what frees us from that cycle, that frees us from being trapped by our circumstance. In Romans 15, 13, it says, I pray that God who gives hope 
will bless you with complete happiness and peace because of your faith. And may the power of the Holy Spirit fill you with hope. There have been things that, that have happened in my life and in your life that can make it really difficult to have hope, right? There are things you go through that shake you and make you wonder, is, am I a fool to, to really expect good things to happen to me? And it can be easy to look around at those situations and want to give up and run to anything that would take my mind off of it. That's my draw. My draw is I just want distraction. I will, I will pick up a book that I have no interest in, right? I will watch a show that I've watched 50 times. I will do anything I can to not think about this hurt that's coming my way, right? When I don't have hope, when I, when I really just think, and that's what you do when, when you don't expect it to really get better, right? But with God, we can face anything with confidence because we know he's in control. When you know it's going to get better, then there's a point to doing some of the work, right? If, it, if it's probably not going to work out, what's the point? Right? Better to drown it. Better to ignore it. But if there's really hope it can get better, then let's get started. Right? Like, I don't want to spend another day in this. Like, let's get going. Right? And that's what hope does. That shift right there is what hope did in my life and what it's, what it's doing in the lives of so many people in here um, and, and what it can do in your life as well. That get going from, I just need it to go away, to let's get started, enough of this. Right? And God is what gives the hope to do that because he's got the power to do something about it. In Hebrews 6.19, it says that hope is real and true. It's an anchor to steady our restless souls, a hope that leads us back behind the curtain to where God is, right? That song that we sang, even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, it's work, he's working, right? That's easier to sing than it is to live, right? But it's, it's powerful to live it. We don't always get to see why things are happening to us, and we certainly don't always get to see all the stuff that God's arranging in the background. But when we act in hope and we start living as if he is, that's when you get to discover the cool things that God's doing. When you give up, you never find out. God's still working. He's still doing all that stuff. You just never get to see it because you never get to the point he was waiting on to give it to you, right? But when we stay faithful, then that's, those are the moments where you look back and say, man, I can point to that, 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 and that, and know that it was God's hand at work, right? Because we were there when he was there to give the present. We were there when, when he was there to give the gift. He's been so excited for it. And that's what lets me make the decisions when things are uncertain. It's what lets me walk out into something that, and that's something I could never do before. When, when I didn't know how things were go, would go, I was paralyzed, right? If I didn't know how things would work out, I just wouldn't make a choice, which unfortunately, as we have all discovered, is definitely a choice, right, with, con with consequences. I am scared of this paper, therefore I will not write it, right? That is a choice. My professor saw that as a choice and graded me accordingly, right? So, when you are paralyzed by fear, it, it freezes you up. But with hope, if you really believe that it's going to be okay, right, you just do it. You just move forward. You, it gives you the freedom. And that brings us to our third thing and my favorite thing and the most unlikely thing in my life. Hope means that you can live a bold life. I could be described as a lot of things growing up, but bold was not one of them, right? I've told you guys before, my first bonding experience with Crystal, the, the time we became friends is when we went to an amusement park and we were the ones too scared to ride the roller coasters, right? And we're like, all right, I guess we're friends now, right? Like I'd, I didn't take risks. I didn't do anything that I didn't know how it wouldn't work out, how it would work out. And one of the sad things for me now is to see someone who has a relationship with God, who is living in fear, who is contained by their fear, right? Who is not able to do the amazing things that God has prepared for them because they are afraid of how it will turn out. And it's sad for me because I've lived it for so much of my life, and I don't want anyone to feel that. It comes from, that, that feeling comes from an incomplete understanding of hope. 
It comes from us feeling like hope is something we're wishing for as opposed to something that's already happened. When God calls those who are afraid and says, get up, mighty warrior, you're already a mighty warrior, right? He has spoken it, and you don't get to veto that, right? Like if God says you're a mighty warrior, and I say I don't feel like one, guess who's right, right? It ain't you. God gets to call us what we are when God says you are worth everything to me, up to and including the life of my only son, and you say I don't feel like I'm worth much, guess who's right? Right? You don't get to be right in that scenario. God has told you what you're worth, and you are worth everything to him. There's nothing he would hold back from you, because he hasn't. In Psalm 31, 24, it says, Be strong, and let your, tar- your heart take courage, all you who hope in the Lord. Right? That's how we take courage, by hoping in the Lord, by trusting that he's got it figured out, and then acting accordingly. That's why when someone becomes a new Christian, Right? They come up from the waters of baptism. We don't pray for them to be safe. We pray that God would make them dangerous. Amen? That's what we pray for. Because Jesus, when Jesus lived on this earth, right, he was not <clears throat> a victim of what was going on around him. When you have hope, you are not subject to the things that happen to you. God gives you the power to harness your story. Right? To take all the things that ruled you before and harness it and turn it into something that you can help others with. Right, to take all the things, all the hurts, all the insecurities and say all of that was true and all of that happened and it absolutely will not stop me. You are a child of the king, amen? And you will not be stopped as long as you follow him. Nothing can stop you. When you walk into a room, when, you are, when your heart is in line with God's, the moment you walk into a room, the situation has changed. Right? There is mercy and hope that is available there now that was not there before you stepped into the room. And when you believe that, and you live as if that's true, then it's going to become true, and then things are going to happen, not because we just spoke it into existence, because we don't have that power. I wasn't the one who got the world spinning, right? That was the one who said, let there be light, but when I've got him at my back, then that becomes true, and he speaks it into existence, right? That's, that's who's got the power, but we've got to have our hearts in line with him, so how do I find and keep hope? How do, how do I make all these things true, because it doesn't just happen. Just because I say it doesn't mean it's going to happen. I've, this with all of these, it's got to be more than words. I can't just say, I hope, and then launch out without doing some of this other stuff. So how do I find and keep hope? Well, hope is found in his son in obeying his will. That has to happen before all that cool stuff I just talked about can come true. Right? I've got to find hope in his son and in obeying his will. Jesus brought us hope, but he also showed us what it looked like to live with hope. See, Jesus lived with real expectation of what God would do, no matter what. And God was there for him. That's how he was able to do everything. But it worked because he followed God. Right? If Jesus had said, I'm the son of God and charged off in his own power, it wouldn't have worked. It worked because he followed God. In Titus 2.13, it says, And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. So many Christians who are living without hope right now, who feel like they're never at peace, are there because they've been unwilling to pay the cost of obedience. They're, they, they claim Christ, but they don't live like they claim Christ. And when you, when you do that, when you claim Jesus, and you claim his promises, but then your life doesn't change, then it, it breaks down. And it doesn't work because you're not strengthened by him. You're not walking with him. You've left his peace. You've left his love. And, and it makes it really hard to go on and, and have the things that he said we could have. In 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5, 
It says, May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ be blessed. On account of his vast mercy, he has given us new birth, right? We are new creations. We are something we were not before. You have been born anew into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You have a pure and enduring inheritance that cannot perish, an inheritance that is presently kept, kept safe for you in heaven. Through his faithfulness, you are guarded by God's power so that you can receive the salvation he is ready to reveal in the last time. It says you can have new life because of what Jesus did for you, because Jesus laid his life down. And if we're going to follow Jesus' example, that means we're going to lay our lives down too. Right? It's not going to be about us. We're not going to live the way we lived before. We're going to live for him. That's how it works. That's how we find hope. In Matthew 7, 21, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. That's what determines whether we're walking in hope and faith and in love. When we're walking the walk, when we're doing the will of the Father, doing God's will, it doesn't earn heaven, right? You can't, there's nothing you can do to earn heaven, but what it does is it opens our hearts to receive it. It opens our hearts to receive the gift. It puts us there so that we can, you can have the most amazing family in the world, but if you run away from it, it doesn't help, right? And all of that blessing can be sitting there in the house waiting for you, but if you run the other direction, it's not that they're withholding it from you, it's that you're choosing not to be there to receive it. It doesn't mean that if you walk into the house, you've earned this family, right? You didn't choose what you were born into, right? But it, it's just a blessing, but it doesn't help you unless you choose to walk into a place where you can receive it. And that's what God is telling us. If you will walk with him, it doesn't earn his forgiveness. It doesn't earn heaven. It just opens you up to come home, right? It gives you ability to come home and be with him. That's what he's called us to. So hope is found in his son and obeying his will. And then hope requires that I endure. Because some of us really did try to obey and then just got tired, right? And just got worn out by this world. And we only find hope and keep hope when we endure, when we stay with it. If we lose hope and give up, it's not because God didn't hold up his end of the bargain. He's endured for thousands of years. I've made it 30-something, right? Like God's track record is better than my track record. He's the one I put my hope in. In 1 Thessalonians 1.3, it says, We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, because we didn't give up. We kept on going. And in Hebrews 10.23, it says, in this confidence, let us hold on to the hope that we profess without the slightest hesitation, for he is utterly dependable. All right, when we talk about faith, hope, and love, when the Bible talks about faith, hope, and love, each of these topics that we've gone over, it says the greatest of these is love. And the reason that love is the greatest is because it's the only one that's going to last forever. Right? You don't need faith when God's right in front of you. Right? You don't need hope when you've gotten everything you could ever want. But love, love stays around and that's how, as a parent, when I, when I see my kids put the pieces together, right, and, and, and get something out of that, when I see, you know, my son, you know, struggling with, with his attitude, and, and we talk through it, and I say, look, son, this happened in one way or another, but, but your heart is what's going to determine how you experience, and he's sour for a long time, and then he comes back, and he's like, dad, I'm sorry, I, I got that wrong, you know, and I, you know I, I've seen that there's a better way to do this. When I see, you know, my daughter, you know, be be frustrated by stuff going on at school and we talk about why she's there and we talk about what's exciting about that and then she brings her friends around and we got to have this birthday party for her on Friday and, and her friends came around and they were talking, one of them came up and she's like, I love being here because a couple of times she's come, it's always been when my church family's around 
which is awesome, which is most of the time. Like if you come around, we've probably got someone in the house. But every time she's come around, there's been people hanging around. She's like, this is crazy. Like I love being around here because I love seeing the, the atmosphere here and the love that she has. And it was so powerful. And it's so cool that that happened because she put the pieces together and realized that there is hope available for her and there's hope available for her friends. Therefore, I must bring my friends into this. Right? That's what you do. When you have real hope, then you start acting like it's true. And that's what the people in this world need more than anything else. In a time that is so uncertain, right, where we don't know what's going to happen. You got half the people in the country believing, you know, half the country is going to secede. We have half the people thinking that, um, you know, that whoever is in office, no matter who you pick, is a mess, right? We have, we have no faith in anything that's happening. People have nukes. There's crazy disasters. There's chaos everywhere. How can you possibly have faith in anything? And, and what we know is that we have a God who has been in power while all of this has been true. This is not the first time it's looked like the end of the world. Amen? It's not the first time it's been chaotic. It's not the first time by far that politics has been a mess, right? It's hard to find a time where it wasn't. But what we can bring to people is we can walk up and we can say, there is someone who's been around through all of this, literally all of it, who you can put your faith in, who's got a better track record than anyone else you can put your hope in. And I live differently because of that, and so can you. And that is too good not to share. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you for giving us a hope that is, that's got some meat on it, Father. It's got some, some teeth. It's got the ability to do work in this world. Father, there is a lot of things that I hoped in that I just, I just wished would happen. And it, it gave me no peace. Um, but I've also seen that, that when you promise that if I live a certain way, and I follow your heart, that powerful things will happen. And I've gotten to watch those powerful things happen. We as a church have gotten to watch those powerful things happen. And I pray for more and more of that. I pray for more and more people to come into your peace, to come into your hope, to come into your love, and, and to come into a faith in you. Um, Father, for those of us in this room who've experienced that, may we not be selfish and keep it um, to ourselves, but may we share it with everyone around us. And Father, for those who haven't experienced that yet, I pray that they would be open to it, They'd be open to putting their hope in you no matter who's let them down in the past. Father, help us to be your hands and feet in their lives, to be your heart poured out to them. Help us to find ways to love others with passion and purpose. In Jesus' name, amen.